I think it's been like five years since your interview. I, Dude, I, has it been that long? I'm just, this is, it's crazy. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to have to check because I'm like, can, it can't be that long, can it? But, <laughs> wow. Uh, March 13th, 2015. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's right when self-publishing school launched. That's the month after launch. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, oh, Full that's... circle. Three, two, one. your mission. Authors, coaches, speakers. This week's shout out is to inspiredmoney.fm. See, if you're smart like that, you can get a shout out for you and your show and your business. And this is happy podiversary and congrats on over 400 episodes. Oh, so this was less than a little while ago because we're over 500 now. No small feat. This is a great podcast for tactics and life hacks. Best of all, Adam is a fine host who navigates the diverse group of guests. Excellent show with good intentions. Thank you, Inspired Money. And I think I know who that is. Andrew Wang, you legend. So if you want to shout out like Andrew, just hit subscribe and leave a written review and I'll read that out on an upcoming show. Our next speaker is a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and was even named one of the top 10 dads in podcasting by Podcast Magazine. Please help me welcome to the stage, Adam Lewis Walker. Okay, this week we have one of our very rare returning, this is the ultimate honor, returning guest, Chandler Bolt. I interviewed him back in March 2015, and he had recently launched self-publishing school with a business partner, which we're going to talk all about. So if you're interested in like, even the backstory and even more, if you think we dig into or jump straight into stuff, episode 138 of the podcast, we really dig into China Bolt. And this is going to be a story of scaling companies, evolution, obviously self-publishing because he's the CEO of self-publishing school and he's the sole CEO now, which is the something we're going to talk about. Selfpublishing.com, author of six best-selling books, including the most recent book titled Publish. Self-publishing school is an Inc. 5000 company the last two years in a row as one of the fast 5,000 fastest growing private companies in the US. So it's been absolutely awesome to watch Chandler's rise from afar and touching base to, with him every now and then. So I'm really excited to dig in for a good half hour to get the updates. Chandler, are you ready to amplify your mission today? Let's do it. Good to be here, Adam. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about at the moment? Yes, I mean, we're all about using books to, to build businesses, right? To scale companies. And so that's something I'm super passionate about two things, business and books <laughs> uh, and, and scaling companies. And so I have the Seven Figure Principles podcast and the Seven Figure Principles YouTube channel. That's really, that's not so much like there's nothing to sell there. That doesn't really grow my business so much as it's just a fun side project that I'm, I'm passionate about developing my people on my team and developing fellow entrepreneurs that mm -hmm. I'm kind of known as the operator guy. Um, with, I have a bunch of friends who are visionary entrepreneurs. And so they ask me a bunch of questions yeah. about operations and scaling and all that oh, stuff. Awesome. So I've got tons of videos, yeah. podcast episodes, teaching all that there. And then there's a self-publishing school podcast and what we do at self-publishing school, which that's probably about 99% of my time, uh, which is all about using books to, yeah. to grow businesses. Well, Again, it just re reminds and reviews why I like talking to you when you said I'm all about books and business. I mean, that sounds good to me, man. I could just talk about that. And then what I really, I think probably the shift from the first interview we did to this one is going to be all about scaling. Because one thing I've ad admired from afar, and you know, this is just my impression from the outside, is how you've scaled things, but still kept the kind of the fun, 
just positive vibe when you're scaling and you, I see you do these, when you're looking to hire someone, you put out these, you know, Chandler bucks out and stuff like that and all these little <laughs> things. And I like yeah. the way just because you're, you're getting big, you're hitting ink 5,000 lists and stuff. You haven't, I don't know, just kind of been sucked into that society that you've got to start being proper serious and taking the fun out of your business. And again, I could be completely wrong, but this is how it seems from afar. And it seems like the sort of company where I'm like, Ooh, I would work for Chandler. You know, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's, yeah. obviously I, I don't want to work for anyone in that sense, but I mean, I'm like, I could, I definitely could just yeah. from the vibe you're putting out there. And I'm so interested to hear how you've attracted the right people and how you grow and how you ultimately replicate your mission, your vibe when you scale, because I feel that's, that's a challenge and I'm sure it is a challenge for you as well, but it, it, it seems from the outside you're, you're on the right path. So, also, just between kind of 2015, pick up March 2015 till now, some key highlights in the evolution of your business, you and just your life. Because I think you was in an entrepreneurial house in San Diego when I spoke to you. And I know you're in LA now. And for everyone, just a quick touch on where you're originally from and how old are you? Because again, yeah. if someone's just listening to this and they can't see your, your, your baby face good looks, they might think you're about 40 something like me because of all you've done. So please fill us in. Yes. So I'm, I'm uh, originally from Walhalla, South Carolina. It's a small town in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I'm tw I just turned 27 years old a couple weeks ago. Um, and kind of the highlights are we, you know, we went from when I first interviewed just launching self-publishing school. Yeah. Uh, and that was very much the early days. Like we launched the month before that podcast uh, uh, came out. And uh, so, and, and so since then we've helped, over 5,000 people through the process of writing and publishing their book. Um, we have students in over 65 countries. We've been on the Inc. 5000 list. Um, it's one of the 5,000 fastest growing private companies in America. Um, last two, soon to be three years in a row. We just, I mean, we've just scaled, built, uh, and helped a lot. I mean, our mission is to change lives through books. And mm. I believe in leveraged impact. And that's what I talk about in my TEDx talk. We believe that books change lives. So, we're, we're changing lives through helping people write and publish books. And so it's just been more, honestly, it's been a lot more of the same <laughs> uh, over five, you know, just like continually doing um, similar things, but yeah. slightly better um, yeah. each day, each week, each month, each year. But that's the key thing as well. A trap for a lot of people is they get like their self-publishing score, whatever that is for them. They get it to a success and they're like, oh, right what else can I do? And they go off and do something else and get that to a success. And, or they just, you know, they're chopping, changing, but yeah. to be able to be like focused to that level on the, the kind of like the one thing, I know there's a few other things, but it's like self-publishing school and that you're having an impact yeah. there and not just settling. Like, okay. How can we have more impact and just keep, you know, going that way. I'm just like, wow. And I, I'm just looking at the stats from when I interviewed you five years ago, at that point, you are the youngest alpha we had on the the podcast i just looked at that and you were 21 years old and yeah. uh, wow even then i was it, again i had to highlight you were 21 years old because again people could think wow this guy's been around he's done quite a bit yeah. and i think that's uh, you touched on something that's very important which is just because it's new doesn't mean it's better <laughs> and yes. you know i've got if you're if you're watching the video version of this you can see right behind me my sign that says focus follow one course until success so it's exactly what you just said like the one thing which is one of my favorite books of all time it's it's uh, a book i recommend all the time uh a book, the one thing by jay papasan and gary keller 
And I just truly believe in that, like sticking to it. <laughs> and, and there's been a lot of opportunities for me to do different things. And sure, like, you know, I'm, I do some advising and for other companies and I'm an investor in a bunch of different companies and stuff like that. But they know they don't get my time that much. <laughs> it's like, I'll, I'll give my money, but I'm not giving my time because we're, we're, you know, where attention goes, energy flows. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, I can't, I can't afford as an ADHD individual um, to split my attention too much. And I, I'm a one track kind of guy. So I like to lock in on one thing and, 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 and try to be world-class at that. So that's what I have been doing for a long time with self-publishing school and will continue to do uh, for a long time with self-publishing school. And there will be, you know, there will be other spin outs and there's acquisitions that we've done and stuff like that. But it'll be can is that feeding the self-publishing school mission and 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 growing and so i think it's super important that if you're listening to this if you're starting on your first thing if you're you know first revenue six figures seven figures eight figures doesn't matter how can you tighten your focus and eliminate the stuff that's not uh that's not uh that's not taking you towards your goals and it's important to continually check in on that yeah. and 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 ask yourself like where I'm going, well, A, where am I going? B, am I ruthlessly focused on the things that are going to get me there? Uh, and, uh, and, in, and, and then I think C, am I doing this the right way that's aligned with my values? And yeah. so I love the part that you touched on earlier, which is like, hey, we, we're very intense and we're very focused. And I am that, the team is that, but we also have a lot of fun. And I know how I want to, I know slash I'm learning how I want to run business, <laughs> my business, and I'm going to do it my way. And we're going to have fun. We're going to value people. <laughs> we're going to develop people. Uh, and I, I want to work with people that I have fun working with. <laughs> yeah. So if I don't have fun working with you, get out of here. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not, why, why are we doing this? Right? Like if you can't enjoy the journey, um, you're not going to enjoy the destination because the destination is a, it's, it's a, it's a point in time. <laughs> it's a, it's a dot on the, on the graph. Um, and so just, you know, enjoying the day to day and enjoying the grind, enjoying the growth and, but I think really focusing on those things, it's like, how do I laser focus in and not get distracted? Because yes. I've made that mistake a couple times and I've been very close to making that mistake in a bigger way. And it would have been detrimental to my success, the success of self-publishing school, all those things. Well, I wanted to touch on as brief or as much as you want to dig into it. Obviously, 2015, the self-publishing school is going really well. It's on the massive upward trend. You said, you know, you've, you've got a business partner and obviously you've gone through that. And now you are the kind of more the sole CEO. And I, I know, I, I don't know what year that happened. I remember seeing it happen and stuff and that you post about that, you know, publicly and stuff. So just for the listeners who maybe don't know whether if, talk to us about that evolution, maybe why you think it happened pluses and minuses and we'll go from yeah. there. Absolutely. And I've got, um, it will go in more depth. If any, if you're in a business partner and you're asking big questions, I've got two videos on my YouTube channel and podcast. That'll be super helpful. Number one is why I don't believe in 50, 50 partnerships. And then number two is how to buy out a business partner or value any business. So that's like yeah. in-depth lessons I learned here. It happened in January of 2016. Okay. Show up to one of my, uh, uh, company offsites and find out from one of my employees, my business partner is trying to kick me out of the business. Um, Ooh, and I so know we, it was we the went best. Through, I know. <laughs> I knew yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we went through mediation and negotiated a buyout and I went multiple six figures in debt. Um, and at the end of the day, I think it was a win for him and it was a win for me. Like we came to something where it was, I, I think if, if you end a negotiation like that and it's, it's uncomfortable for both parties, you're probably landing on something pretty good. 
and 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 so that you know that's where we ended up and i went multiple six figures in debt borrowed money from my parents retirement from my brother and from a friend and it was game on and but yeah gang talk about never. going all in and committing <laughs> oh there's Please. there's not much more all in than that it's like hey if i if i screw this up um i am I mean, my parents' money's on the line, their retirement, which is, that's just, a, I'm not willing to mess that up. So um, the, I think lessons learned there, there were multiple. Um, don't partner out of insecurity. Uh, I partnered out of insecurity. Um, always have an operating agreement. I did not have an operating agreement. And, okay. and so if you're going to, in, into business, you've got to have an operating agreement. And so if this, then that. And it's best to negotiate that on the front end or I say negotiate, agree on yeah. it. It doesn't even have to be like this intense negotiation. It's just like, hey, if you decide you want to leave, here's what happens. If I decide Perfect. I want to leave, yeah. well, here's what happens. If you decide you want a three-month vacation, here's what happens. If I want you out, here's what happens. If you want me out, it's like just yeah. if this, I massively that, agree on this. And you can seem near the start simple. like you're being a bit weird or just being like going, but it's so much easier to get clear on it at the start than when you're in the, sure. like, the situation, it's, virtually, it's, it's a mess by that point. Yeah, you got to have an operating agreement. And then the last thing is there's, there's no such thing as a 50-50 partner. Um, and because and, there's no such thing as 50-50 effort uh, and 50-50 uh, and, and results. And, and there's, this is another concept I talk about, which is there's a difference. As a, as a business owner, you are an employee of your business and you're an owner of your business. And most people don't realize that there is you or both. I'm an employee at self-publishing school, just like every other employee. I'm also the owner. So as the employee, I report to the owner. And as the owner, I hold accountable the employee. So I'm the CEO. I have a CEO hat and my responsibility is to drive value for the shareholders. Just so happens that there's only one shareholder and that's me. Right. But as an owner, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if I, if, if at any point Chandler, the CEO is underperforming what I could pay someone in the market to do, in a similar wage amount for to get better results, it's my responsibility as the owner to fire me as a CEO yeah, like, yeah. and hire a new CEO, right? But so I get a salary for what I do. I make a dividend on what I own. And mm. people confuse that. So they just say, oh, well, 50-50 partners. It's like, oh, maybe you're 75%, I'm 25%, but I might make a bigger salary because I, the market-based wage for my position is different than the market-based wage for your position, right? So I think it's just so blurry and there's no such thing as 50-50 partner. Never say never, but I would probably never do that again. I want to be the vast majority stakeholder or the vast minority. Yeah, I know uh, what you're saying. So that would help the decisions other. either yeah. way. Yeah, it's, it's super clear. There's one thing you, you explained that really well, but there's one thing you said in the start, I just think maybe a little bit more explanation in terms of you, a business partner out of your, in, out of insecurities. Can you just like qualify, quantify that a little bit more what you meant by that? And I think you touched on it a bit there. I think I had insecurity about myself. And so I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know, you know, like, can I do this on my own? Can I not? Um, so I think there's certainly that. But I think there's also just the feeling of like, if someone else is involved, then maybe I'm not the only idiot chasing this dream, <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> third party yeah. validation. Safety like, in numbers. Okay, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like we are in this together and this feeling of like, oh, if we're failing, we're failing together. If we're winning, we're winning together. Like things like that. So I think it, it's a mentor of mine um, just said, never partner out of insecurity. And I totally did that. An, an obvious point to kind of ask and having so much time Past between our last interview, how would you compare kind of 
2015, you, what do you think is some of the major differences in mindset? And when you talk to scaling and, you know, making, having these accolades of on the, the Inc 5000 list, you're the, like the sole CEO now. And it's a, it's a different game. You've scaled things. You've built out a team. What, what are your thoughts? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, biggest, biggest difference between 2015 and now it's, it's crazy. It's not different. It's like, it's honestly, it's like a different person, but the same person all at the same time where you've got the through line. So you've got, you know, same morals, same values, same kind of way that I operate, uh, I guess maybe North star, but the, the I mean, probably the boot, the two biggest ways that I'd say I've grown is number one is a leader. I was a horrible leader. <laughs> uh, and so I really had to learn, grow, develop as a leader big time. And still I'm doing that. I mean, I think that's a lifelong journey. Uh, and then secondly is just systems process. That was not something that was on my radar at all. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's much more of a priority and has been much more of a priority since then. So really prioritizing, th I think those two things would probably be the biggest. And then just a bunch of random stuff, speaking skills, people skills, all that stuff. Yeah. So in terms of obviously in the last five years, it sounds like that situation with your partner, at least in the business sense, was you know a, a, a very challenging situation that you got through. Um, when was another time when you feel like it was, it was a really pivotal point in your business and maybe what you can look at it as a mistake or you just, it, it really was a challenge. It didn't go well and you really had to you know, test yourself, stretch yourself and get to get to this point you are in now. Yeah. I mean, so many times I, the business partner thing was a, was a, a blip on the journey and that was. It's one of the best things that ever happened to me in hindsight at the time. And I think that's what happens, right? It's like every time you have a really challenging situation, it turns out usually to be one of the best things that ever happened to you. And there's something really, really good on the other side. So uh, a secondary thing that I can think of is um, I had one of my top people quit. Uh, and it was because I was a bad leader. And this was at the end of 2016. And it really kickstarted my journey to just you know, I read the book Extreme Ownership. I know you had Jocko on the show yeah. here recently. That's one of my favorite books of all time and, and mm -hmm. one of the most impactful books I've ever read. And I, it's, there's no such thing as, there's no bad teams, only bad leaders, right? One of the concepts in that book. And that book just slapped me straight, straight upside the face and said, I just say, Chandler, you're a bad leader <laughs> and you got to get better. <laughs> and so I spent, I've spent since then trying to get better and I continually daily try to get better. But that was a big moment for me. And I, I really started focusing on growing and developing. Yeah, I was going to say, and give people a an idea of the situation. So, well, 2016, like you said, how many people were in your company? And obviously the smaller it is, the more important, like one of your top people is. How oh, many people were in yeah. your company? And a lot of times people build, if you've got like a number two, a lot of times that's literally a huge piece of the business. If this not, was my number two, yeah, my yeah. ops person, yeah. And there's probably about 10 people at the company at the time. So that was a huge loss, oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, big, big time loss. And yeah, now we've got about 30 full-time employees, but yeah, that was, that was a big, that was a big moment. Definitely. Okay. And talk to me about the, you know, I know it's not the BON and end all, but it's a cool, it's a cool marker. The Inc 5,000 list, when that came around for the first time, your thoughts around that and, and I suppose what you think you do as a company and how you made it onto there obviously it's a marker of uh, achievement in 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 one aspect and uh, you know and continuing obviously so some companies are probably like i really want to get on there and they're not on there yeah. for whatever reasons what do you think yeah. is differentiating well, so it's a growth it's a growth metric right yeah. so it's it's a i think it's a three-year growth percentage revenue wise um and so it's just how fast are you yeah. growing 
Um, and, and there's a lot of things. I mean, I think a lot of things that we talked about, um, leadership, really great people, systems, books as a through line. We practice what we preach, like using books to grow our business, like all those things. But I think when it came out, I mean, it's funny. It was, it, to me, it felt like society confirming something we already knew internally, mm. <laughs> which was like, we're like, hey, we've got something special here. This is, and it really was just an external acknowledgement, yeah. which like it or not, that's, I think that's really powerful. Um, it's, it's, it's powerful both internally, like for you as the individual and, and us as the team, which is like, hey, we are onto something. Like this is externally validating, but then it's also been really powerful from a recruiting perspective. That's always going to ask. something awesome. that drives me crazy, but people always look for social, I mean, it drives me crazy, but it also is what it is, right? Like people look for external validation and like, oh, you're an 8-5000 company. Like, oh, you're one of the best places to work. Oh, you've won the Stevie Award, like all these things. And really the main difference was we started applying for those things. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing as well. It's the mindset. If you want, yeah. you've got to go get it. You know, a lot of people think they're just yeah. going to sit there and you're going to get, oh, wow. But, you know, you have to, I mean, I have to generally have to go out and, seek these things out in some way shape or form like applying for stuff yeah and 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 that's i think in some ways how this goes wrong is because the people who get it are the ones who are focused on it not the ones who are doing that so so for so long we were just focused on doing things the right way yeah and but finally i said hey we've got to get some external validation here and so we started applying for those things and we started winning basically all of them yeah. um and 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 like you know these stevie awards best places to work inc 5000 like all this different stuff and yeah, I mean, so I think, I mean, take with it what you, yeah. I think people who flaunt those, uh, those type of things, it's best to look behind the curtains and see what's going on. Yep. Um, and, and, and either way, like see, see how people are actually running their business and see how people are actually operating because it's very easy to have a facade of, of that, like, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And I want to talk, you touched on recruiting there and stuff like that. What do you feel are some of the, the, the biggest mistakes maybe you made or people make when it comes to recruit, recruiting the right person? Because I feel so someone who's literally very, pretty much a solopreneur has a very small team. And that's my, I wouldn't say worry, but I'm all, I just feel like when I see people who manage to scale it, it's, it's, such a, it's such a fine balance to get right. And the right person is just crucial. And obviously the wrong person is not just a bad thing. It can really, you know, cause you problems. So what are your thoughts around that for someone who's like, you know, literally uh, looking to expand and can see the path you've gone and is maybe somewhere earlier in the stage and is like, hey, I could do with skipping some of these painful lessons, but for experience. Absolutely. It's, man, there's, there's, there's so much to unpack there. Like, I think, so I've got a video on my YouTube channel, um, the A player hiring process. That's what we do. And I think the biggest, the biggest mistake that people make is they're not clear on what they want. Uh, and then they don't recruit hard enough. Um, and I think if you solve those two things, yes, there's a lot of things from an, we do from an interview perspective, like we send people through the ringer before mm -hmm. we hire them. And it's a very intense process. Um, but I, uh, one of my favorite books on hiring is a book called who, uh, by, I think it's Brad smart or Jeff smart. Um, yeah, it's right there. Uh, yeah, it's Jeff smart. Um, and so it's, 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 I can look at it and see right across the room for me, but he talks about the four S's of hiring, create a job scorecard, source the best candidates, select the best one and sell them on working for you. Mm. And where most people go wrong is in the scorecard piece. They just say, Oh, I need someone to help 
do random stuff, right? Like they don't clearly define. So we don't hire without a job scorecard. It's one of the most important things that we do uh, across the board. And then we recruit our butt off. Like I'm in the middle of this right now. I'm hiring a sales manager, super, super important position for the future of self-publishing Yeah, I think schools. I saw one of your uh, Chandler bucks going out for that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love exactly. That. I love that. That's but like hard as well. Over yeah. the last 10 days, I have been like, that is far away been my number one thing. And we've got 120 applicants so far, really, really quality. I think we've got about 40 screening interviews that are happening this week. Uh, then I'll take the top 15 or so from that, do hour long interviews. Then I'll probably do either a half day or a full day with my top three to Man, five. Man, it's worth it though. We'll it's like, worth it. I mean, you go through the full process, but you got to recruit hard. And we, my goal is a minimum of a hundred applicants per position that we hire for um, because it's a, it's a numbers game and, and, and we run people through the ringer and cause we want to like, it's, it's a two way benefit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what people lose sight of is I want them to know that it's a really good fit long-term. And I want to know that it's a really good fit long-term because there's nothing more de detrimental to both them or the business than me hiring them. And then two months later saying, Oh man, I really screwed this up. Well now they just wasted their time. I wasted my time. The business wasted a bunch of money. I mean, it's, it's one of the most expensive mistakes that you can make. Yeah that you're, you're wasting time, you're wasting money. There's opportunity cost. If you would have had the right person in that, in that position, like there's so much waste when you hire poorly. Um, but I don't think people understand that. So they just haphazardly hire people and then they're continually continuously on this hamster wheel of hiring yeah. people that aren't that good and don't last that long. Right. I'm going to do something I've never said before, but we've absolutely flown through this so i'm putting it out there when you're ready whether it's five years one year five months you can come back for interview three because i feel like we're scratching the surface but we've pretty much done this but just to wrap it up self-publishing publishing school is awesome Chandler's awesome check out his stuff check out the original interview i'm a big believer in writing books self-publishing and also just getting the medium out there so really back what you're up to and uh, yeah i just love talking to you around these concepts and I want to kind of just kind of wrap that up. We've done, we're not going to do the alpha round because we've done that before, but I would like to compare this answer to maybe what you said. And I have to find out what you said in 2015. Is there a favorite quote that really kind of sums up you and your approach to life? The first one that comes to mind and one of my favorites is uh, don't take advice from uh, someone you wouldn't gladly switch places with. Uh, and, and I, I, I think that's mostly true, but, also, you can learn from everyone, but I think the takeaway there is filter the advice and contextualize any advice that you get. So if I have a mentor that's been divorced three times and their ki his kids hate him, but he's got a successful business, well, then I'm going to take that advice with a grain of salt because I care about having a great family and all those things, right? So yeah. consider, consider the source and also contextualize the advice because there's no one size fits all. Yeah. Uh, and, and don't take advice from people you wouldn't uh, switch places with. Brilliant. Well, I'm confident because I've got, a, my memory's not that good, but you didn't say that the first time. I'm putting it out there. I'm going to guess. I'm, I, I haven't heard that one before in, in this context, I don't think. Um, and I suppose that just reminded me about when you're talking about, you know, taking advice from certain people. 21 year old Chandler, uh, to, you now 27, did you say, or just, just yes. Yeah, yes. 27, I guess. <laughs> I got good math skills, you can tell. Uh, so, what is the major difference in your personal life? We don't have to go deep into this, but 21 year old, 27 year old. You know, have you got 10 kids just for those listening? One kid, no kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not, not married yet. Wife, no kids. Kid. Okay. Not married yet. No kids yet. Um, in a serious relationship. 
a major difference in personal life perspective would probably just be how I approach relationships, I would say. And then I, I, just, I don't know, man, moving around. I move, I've, I've, since our last interview, I lived in San Diego, San Francisco, and now Los Angeles. Uh, and just, I think, shifting gears a little bit from my personal life of looking towards like, okay, um, getting married, having kids, what does that look like? Where do I want to be? Where do I want to settle down? Five years from now. Then maybe not in the next interview. I'll go speak yeah. to you before then. But five years from now, any thoughts? Oh, five years from now, I think I will be married. I, I don't think I'll have a kid yet. Maybe, maybe at the tail end of that window. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be settled down probably in Austin, Texas or Nashville. Um, will be, those are my two, two top, uh, top places. I want to have a house um, and I want to have really a compound, uh, oh, just like a massive yeah. place with my brother and friends <laughs> and just like on the lake and just well, I don't know why I don't know fun. why my my head just popped into my head like nitro circus and you and your compound <laughs> yeah 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 for sure awesome well Chandler it's been an absolute pleasure looking forward to speaking again thank you so much for your time today awesome Adam thank you so much for having me all right have a great week amplify your message and amplify your mission system shutdown three two one